0: Just the best literature. Well, hello again, everyone. Thanks for listening in today. Well, on our last podcast, I told you that on today, this very day, we would begin our discussion of *Youth* by Joseph Conrad. Now, in the actuality, we're beginning a series on three of Conrad's works, and of course, the the three that we will be talking about are *Youth*, *Heart of Darkness*, and *Lord Jim*. Now, with this series, I particularly want to put a focus on the character of Marlowe. And uh, the reason is, I believe, as do many others, that Marlowe gives us deeper insight into the mind and deep thought of Joseph Conrad. In other words, Marlowe is Conrad. And, uh, uh, you know, we have all kinds of biographies, uh, you know, about Joseph Conrad. Maybe I shouldn't say all kinds, but there's more than one. But uh, uh, he gives us deeper insight uh, into the what he really thinks because of Marlowe. And so I think this is going to be a fascinating series, and I hope all of you uh, really get on board with it, commit to it, and enjoy it. Now, for today's program, what I want to do is I want to begin this series with some background information on Joseph Conrad. Now, I think a major key to fully understand a writer's work is to know, as a minimum, a clear sketch of his life, and uh, I do think um, Conrad had, has a very interesting uh, uh, life at a very beginning, and of course, uh, you know, from his novels then we can read actually more about him and uh, you know what he experienced. Now, one of the best biographies of Joseph Conrad is a two-volume set written by G. Jean Aubrey. Now, uh, this, this uh, set of books was first published in 1927. And uh, it it is still possible to obtain copies of these two books, but they are considered rare and somewhat expensive. Now, I did find several sets earlier this summer. Um, One I uh, placed in our college library because uh, we do cover uh, Joseph Conrad in our literature classes. And uh, also I wanted to buy a set for myself, and also a friend of mine that uh, knew I was buying them said, oh, could you find me a set too? So I found three. So so uh, it is possible to find a set. I know my set was uh, uh, came relatively uh, inexpensive uh, for two volumes. It was $32. I think I got both, uh, two, two sets for that. But then the set I got for the library was actually considered fine, and that means it was in the best of shape And uh, the the pages on it are gilded in gold and all that. And so that was about $57. So it depends on what you want. But I I do recommend this biography uh, if uh, if you're so inclined to read it. Now, there are several other biographies available. um, But uh, uh, if you know anything about G. Jean Aubrey, um, you can just look him up. He was a very close friend of Joseph Conrad. Now, he also obviously is his biographer, but he was a close friend, and actually he translated uh, some of Conrad's work. So I don't know about you, but if I'm going to have someone write a biography about my life, I want it to be one of my best friends. You know, I don't want my enemies writing my biography. And uh, uh, anyway, I think a true friend like Gene Aubrey would know uh, more of Conrad's deep thoughts. That He obviously would have known his character, and he would have known his approach to life. So again, uh, I just think this is you know just a, just a, a much better biography. Now I'm going to read to you snippets from it today, and there is no way we can cover two volumes in a half hour program. So if you are, if you really really want to know the details of Conrad's life, you're going to have to buy the books, and then uh, it's going to take a lot of time of reading. So we don't have that much time to do to do that today. But I still think the life of Joseph Conrad is just truly fascinating, and uh, what I tell the students here is that it was just at 16 years of age that he made a life-changing decision that would greatly affect the rest of his life and actually mostly all of his writing, and so so one of the things we really try very hard to do uh, here at the college is to, you know, get our st- students prepared to really take on life and to take it on with gusto and to be a success at it. And, uh, you know, there's so many things we do in our teenage years that if we're not careful, we can do a lot of wrong things and really mess up our lives. But, you know, we do have we do have the opportunity if we're, uh, you know, living a moral life, if we're, you know, striving to understand what God wants of human beings, uh, you can have a much better life. And so I think Conrad... Uh, did have enough of uh, the good the good education that helped him certainly at sixteen was able to make um you know a, a decision that he was actually became very successful out of so uh let's let 's just begin this um uh joseph Conrad was born and again he he is not uh he's he was not born english i think that's what's what's so fascinating about his life and uh he was born uh, as Joseph Theodore Conrad korzanowski and so so he's he's Polish, he's a Polish background, and he was born uh, in the Ukraine, uh, but he was born on December third, eighteen fifty-seven, and it was in Berdychiv, Ukraine, and he died August second, nineteen twenty-four, in Canterbury, Kent, England, and so so even if you just have those two facts and you you think about the time in between now he he died at sixty seven years old. he was born Polish and yet yet he died at sixty seven as a British citizen. How did he get there? How did he get from Poland to becoming a british citizen and so So I think that that in itself uh you know should be really interesting to all of us. So, you know, the one big question that when I first uh, began to investigate into this, I wondered in my mind, how did a young Polish boy end up being one of the greatest English writers? And uh, he is. His writings are still considered great. And, uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, he spoke Polish, but yet, uh, you know, he can write such excellent uh, writing in English. I mean, I'm still working to try and get excellent. It's hard. And yet uh, uh, he learned so much at really a really young age, and uh, you know he, he really was. Uh, I think um, you know has this genius genius kind of mind that that all of us wish we had, and sometimes we don't. We just have to keep working at it. So so let's let's start out as uh, uh, with this maybe point one, and again these programs they go so fast that uh, you know I'm not sure I can get everything I want to get in for this program, in this program, but hopefully we can. But uh, as with anybody, uh, I think the best way to understand Conrad is you have to understand his parents first. So, so that'll be our first discu- discussion point. What about Conrad's parents? Now, I'm going to read to you from Aubrey, but, but let me just uh, maybe summarize it for you a little bit. Now, his father's name was Apollo. Apollo. And, uh, of course, his last name was Korzanowski. And so, obviously, you know that's Polish right away. Now, his father was a, a gifted literary student. Uh, he was actually considered a gifted poet, and uh, he wrote a lot of poetry uh, in Poland. And uh, the, the thing, I think, that, that most people don't know about Poland is that Poland, at the the time that, let's say, Apollo was, was born, I mean, you're looking at the... Um, you know, 1800s, Poland was considered, you know, a a very cultural country. And, of course, they, uh, you know, had excellent music. They had excellent uh, literature. And uh, Apollo really wanted to be a poet. And I think Apollo learned just like I had to learn a long time ago that poets, you know, uh, poets don't make much money, (laughs) you know poets usually have to be funded by someone else. And so, uh, uh I remember I, uh, you know, when I was in, in college that, um, I actually got chided quite a bit from some of my instructors because they said to me, leap, they said, you know, you could be published before you leave the college, but you just don't work hard enough. And of course my, my retort to that was, no, I don't want to become like you. And, uh, you know, they were, they were doing their drugs. I guess that was their muse. they could. They get high, and then they write their poetry and uh, Some of it i couldn 't even understand at the time and so uh, uh, anyway i I learned early on that you know poets just aren 't going to be good uh, good providers for families and wives and things like that. but anyway, the one thing about Apollo he was full of charm and uh, he was very influential influential with people even older than himself. Uh, he was a very passionate man, but uh, he could change on a dime i guess he was very changeable now uh in in his uh, studies he did become an excellent translator of literature now he knew polish he knew french he knew english and and he did some early translating of shakespeare's plays and uh, of course uh, you know that that would come i think to be a very difficult thing to do and the uh, there are still critics today that say that that apollo's translations are excellent they're still excellent and so, so he obviously was was very very gifted now conrad's mother uh she was uh somewhat different she was also a very very educated woman but her name was evelina boborowska and uh, essentially she came from wealth and from the noble uh the noble class of people in poland and if if you look at Poland, they, their society was structured, you know, much like other societies. There was like the aristocrats, there was the nobilities, and uh, of course, then there would be the, the the middle class and the peasants. But she was she was in that upper class, and uh, uh, her father had seen that she received, you know, an excellent education. And uh, um, uh, but unfortunately for for uh, Evelina, I think. Um, as we'll read here in Aubrey in just here a minute. So she often suffered from poor health and uh uh mostly I think uh she was uh, subject to uh stress and uh uh you know she she had everything taken care of for her, but I guess she just had some certain weaknesses and we'll we'll talk about how she died here in, in just a few minutes. Um the the thing is is when Apollo met her Obviously he was very taken by her and if you if you get these uh volumes by uh g Jean Aubrey, who by the way was french uh, by the way um if you if you get his um his uh biography of of Conrad, he has some really beautiful pictures of both Conrad's father and of conrad's mother and and uh you know really when you look at pictures from the 1800s, you know, hundreds, it's, I mean, she was considered very beautiful, but when I look at the picture, she's not someone I would think was very beautiful, but I guess it's just a different style and the way they they dressed. Now, the, the picture of Apollo is you can you can tell, that, I mean, uh, Aubrey talks about his, his eyes and, you know, the, the uh, expression on his face. You could see that he'd be someone that would just be a great guy to talk to. And uh, um, eventually, I think it did kind of Kind of work work against him, but I'm just going to start here. This is the uh, volume one, and I, w- one of the other thing that I, I want to say about the biography by G. Jean Aubrey is that he really he really mixes his life and his letters together, and so so it's it's really really quite fascinating. If you look at the way most biographers work, they all I think being a biographer would be one of the most challenging jobs for a writer because they have to go back and they have to look at all the older memoirs. They have to go back and try and find the letters. And uh, because he was a good friend, he had access to a lot of these things. And so so to me it's fascinating not only to read someone writing a biography or writing about a man, but when they quote his letters, then it actually, it actually gives it, I think, more stature it it you know you believe it more and so so i think that's what's really special about these volumes uh and so i'm going to read just from from the very beginning because uh, he he starts the beginning of conrad with the parents which i said is i think it's the right way to go but but here's what he says he says apollo korsanowski began his school education at at nimro and continued his studies at winnica now that's going to mean very nothing to, to any of us but but uh, obviously these were These were uh, considered great uh, cities of education. It says at the high school at Jedemir in Volnina, he made the acquaintance of his future brother-in-law, Thaddeus Boborowski, who was considerably younger than himself. But Thaddeus becomes very, very important for Conrad's life. And uh, we'll see that by the end of this program. Uh, It says the effect of a haphazard education upon such a character is what might have been expected and so, so the thing is, here he was. He was really brilliant. But when he was in high school, you know, he didn't really necessarily shine. And uh, I, I think that happens to a lot of people. And uh, But but as he grew more mature, I think he, he took his education more seriously. And I think the same thing happened to me. Um, you know, I, I did well in high school. I wasn't, uh, let's say, a top student. Uh, when I got to college, they let me in. Uh, to college on, um, uh, let's say, on the condition that I got at least a 3.0 average, and I did that, and then. But then, when I got into graduate school, I graduated almost with straight A's, and so uh, I think as you grow up, you do you do do a lot better. It says uh, toward 1840 he went to St. Petersburg when he took up rather lazily Oriental languages. These he abandoned for Faculty of Arts, a subject more suited to his tastes and gifts. Though he neglected his regular studies, he read, indefatigably, more particularly French literature, for which he had a strong taste. It was only later that he learned English sufficiently well to read it. Without profound culture, he possessed quick intuition and a natural taste for good literature. At an early age, he showed a poetic gift which, together with the studied elegance of his dress, made him remarkable among the squires with whom he lived. And so, so you can see that he was a very influential personality. Now, uh, now, uh, Arby gets into about the, his mom or his wife. I guess you say Apollo's wife or Conrad's mom. It says in 1847 he met um, Elena Babarowska at, Cor- at Kornia, Kornia near Lipowick, and almost immediately fell in love with her. She was very beautiful. Her education was superior to that of most women of her time. She was eager-minded and seemed to expect much from life, but even then her health was not very robust, and an agitating and absorbing love affair certainly did not help to improve it. Now, he goes on to talk more about his father, says, Apollo was ardent. Uh, Although he was not generally considered handsome, he was not lacking in charm. His mind was active. Though he was thoroughly good-hearted, he could be a sarcastic uh, in itself. His his vivacious eyes and his whole personality radiated a kind of flame capable of kindling more than one heart so he goes on to say that Evelina had fought her, her fought against her feelings for a long time in obedience to her father who although he liked apollo did not fancy him as a son-in-law notwithstanding that he was the spoilt darling of society where he dominated people of a mature age by the charm of his light conversation and his caustic wit, while at the same time conciliating them by the old-fashioned Polish courtesy of manner, which was natural to him. So, so here you have this, uh, oh, kind of like a recurrent theme. Oh, this is reality, where you know uh, he, this man falls in love with this woman, and the and, and the father does not like the man, and so so it's it's kind of romantic even in that sense. So her father forbid her. To marry him. And of course, uh, uh, eventually they did get mar- married after the father died. But, but this actually corrupted her health or maybe made her health even worse. So, so in some ways, you can imagine now Joseph Conrad as a boy growing up with these kind of stories, you know, realizing that he, his mother came from a very wealthy family uh, and his father basically made it on his charm. And so, so uh, anyway, it gives us it gives us really uh, background into Carmen. It says when her father died, Evelina Borowska Bar- did not wish to seem disrespectful to his memory, or indifferent to his views. But she remained deeply in love with Apollo. For several years, she was so tortured by scruples and contradictory impulses that her health suffered greatly. So, so here her her um, her love affair uh, with. Uh, with Conrad, uh, Conrad's dad uh, even made her sick. Now, uh, one thing that Aubrey shows us that that the uh, you know Conrad did write his own biographies, and I have this one. It's called a personal record, and Conrad talks about this in that. So, so he's he's uh, giving us some insight even from Conrad himself. It says her relations were concerned about her. Uh, uh, her mother could not bear the thought of losing her only remaining daughter through a. Uh, though, through continuing to oppose her, besides the young man himself pleased her, and he was a great friend of her own sons who adored their sister, so their marriage took place so so uh you know evelina's mother knew that uh you know if if they didn't let her marry her, she could die you know uh, or re- really wreck her health and then again, he was friends with her brother Thaddeus, and so uh, uh they allowed the marriage to take place. So so she brought some uh, you know wealth into the family, and uh, uh, I, I, again I think it's a, it's it's kind of a romantic story there that uh, you know you could see a movie being made about it. All right, but the the one thing that uh, that you want to know about both of them is uh, uh, Apollo. Uh, he did get into a lot of politics, and uh, at this time. If at this time period, you know, in the 1800s, you know, Russia was really um, uh, taking over Poland. There was a Russian tyranny there, and uh, essentially, what happened is, is Conrad's parents became Polish patriots against the Russian oppression, and so, so can you imagine the young boy growing up with this? It says, uh, I'm going to skip over to page five. It says, Apollo Korzanowski had many friends in both the political groups. They urged him to come to Warsaw, and he yielded the more readily since he had just quarreled with the committee of publishing firm, which he was a member and secretary. He arrived at Warsaw in the spring of 1862 with the intention of starting a literary paper of the Review. Well, it's it's in French. I'm not going to repeat all that, but it's basically it was called the Fortnightly Review. And even if you look today, a lot of literary kind of magazines are very political. And so, so, so essentially uh, now Apollo and Evelina, were they became, um, you know, very political. And of course, when, you're, when you take on the Russian government, what are you going to expect? Well, you're going to expect trouble. And so Arby continues. This is page six. A, it says, under cover of literary activities, real nevertheless, Apollo Korzanowski was in fact about to help in organizing the secret national committee. Its object was to encourage moral resistance to Russian oppression and ultimately to win back independence. Now, if, if you look at Polish history, these, these, uh, this, this land, this land of Poland, was taken over uh, you know, by Russia, by Austria, by Germany. And, uh, you know, you can you can see how it would decimate, you know, the the feelings and the nationality of the people. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it did not go well for the family. It says, this movement culminated in the unfortunate insurrection which broke out in Warsaw on January 22nd, 19, 1863, in which Apollo Korzenowski was not fated to take apart. The Russian authorities... Informed by their spies already knew of the clandestine meetings in the white and scarlet salon of Apollo, of Apollo Korzanowski's house. And listen to this. Little Conrad sometimes saw people with grave faces enter and disappear, among them his mother, always dressed in black as a sign of national mourning, though this was forbidden by the Russian police. So, so they, were, they were both involved in it. And uh, essentially... As you might guess, it did not go well for the family, and uh, they came under the uh, the watch of the Russians, and eventually uh, Paula was arrested, and uh, uh, they they were uh, uh, put under a hasty trial, and essentially what they were done is they were um, you know sent to uh, a, a concentration camp. And, uh, you know, of course, you know, in uh, in uh, Russia that meant being sent to someplace really cold in a lot of winter. And so, so uh, obviously uh, his wife wanted to go with him and they actually wanted to take Conrad, the, the young boy, with him as well. And so uh, they had actually uh, had some friends actually in the—that were still, let's say, maybe in the Russian government, but they weren't necessarily Russian— and uh, they were hoping to get sent to a less cold—instead of being sent to Siberia, they were being sent to Perm. And then on the way to Perm, that all of a sudden they realized that they were now going to actually be sent to Siberia, and they went to Vol- Volagda. And it was just very miserable there. And it, it really—you um, have to understand that Conrad, you know, in his very young years, he was growing up there. And so so how how shocking would that be for a young boy? So obviously it was not the best time. Her health was bad. Even Apollo's health was bad. And uh, this is what Aubrey says on page 8. It says, the Korsanowskis' privation and exile were great. They had practically no money, and they were kept alive by Kashmir Boborowski, who, unknown to the rest of the family, sent his brother-in-law what little money he had, one or two thousand rubles. From that moment, Apollo Korzanowski arrived at Vologda, uh, He became the leader and the inspirer of a little band of exiles. So you can see they weren't going to give up. And uh, and obviously, uh, you have to realize that um, that, was go- that was not going to go well either. So when all this was happening, by the time this was happening, Conrad was about six years of age. And then uh, essentially what happened is... Uh, even though the brother and the family tried to help his uh, uh, his mother, or or their daughter and their sister, uh, she eventually died of consumption in uh, April of 1865 when Conrad was eight. And she never was able to get out. They tried very hard to to get her out of that situation, and the government even allowed it, but then they blocked it. And so then, essentially, then also when when Conrad was eleven. Uh, then his father died also of of ill health but but one of the things that um uh I think we should really understand is that conrad's father even uh, he was teaching him at home um he really give he really did give Conrad a great education i 'm going to read you a little bit up from page thirteen thirteen here and again i i uh i want to get through some of this today. And again, this is just a snippet of his life. It says, Thus deprived of his mother and in the company of a father already ill, and more often than not sunk in gloomy silence, exiled among men whom he could regard only as enemies, Conrad spent his early childhood. He had no companions, no child to play with, and the tension in the atmosphere which had surrounded him from birth now approached its height. His surroundings brought home to him ideas which seldom come close to men in childhood death, faith, and liberty. Unconsciously, he was being trained in the secret and inflexible fidelity to ideals disassociated from hope. There was only one door open to him leading from the world in which he lived, one escape for his lively imagination, reading. His father was a man of 50 and physically tired, but among the ruins of his hopes, he kept a love of all literature, which bore the stamp of deep and human thought. And so, so here, how often... Have we heard about, you know, these men that become famous is that they have difficult childhoods, but it's like he was being prepared. It says, um, uh, his child, too, took refuge in reading omnivorously and haphazardly, often books far too serious for his age. He read for many hours on end with his elbows on his knees and his forehead in his hands day after day in their small silent house on the outskirts of Turchikal. He reveled in books which described countries where it was possible to breathe and act freely, to fight openly if necessary, and to speak thoughts above a whisper. And so, so imagine that's this this young boy of eight is being trained this way. Well, to make a long story short, essentially, when his father died, um, uh, he became under the tutelage of his uncle Thaddeus, and uh, essentially. Um, you know Conrad had already grown up with all these ideas of his father and uh you know his father's ideas and Thaddeus' ideas didn't match so you know at at, uh his father I should say his uncle wanted to put him in professional education and he hated it he hated to go to school because he was trained like it was like his father homeschooled him and so uh, you know essentially what, what happened is that that uh uh, you know, he and his uncle—they just could—they didn't get along, and he—he uh, he decided at sixteen that he he uh, wanted to go into the merchant the merchant service, or you know, he wanted to go to into the French, um, you know, shipping business. And one of the things I think we have to learn or, or know about Conrad at this time is, even as a young a young boy, he was taught French and English. And he actually was helping his father in translating some of these books, so so again that's just a that's just a, a you know a little a little snippet, but but essentially if you uh, if you uh, do get the book to read the book Aubrey, is he really got this desire to go to the sea, and of course when we begin to read his novels, he gets begins to talk to us you know quite a bit about the sea, well. Uh, We'll probably bring out some more of Conrad's uh, life and from this biography as we go through the series. But that's all the time we have for today's program. Next time, we will begin our discussion of Joseph Conrad's novella, Youth. Now, you can buy youth at Amazon.com. You may be able to find a good use copy at abebooks.com. And you may be able to find a copy in your local bookstore. And, of course, you can also check your local library, but you're going to have to call to make sure that they're open. Uh, Please write me any comments you may have to JBL at PCOG.org. You can also follow JBL on Twitter at JBLiterature1. And you can also follow JBL on Facebook. Simply search for Just the Best Literature. So until next time, keep reading.